How many is ready for the word? All right. Excellent. Excellent. By a show of hands, this is real important I want to do. Who heard the word last Sunday? You were here last Sunday and you heard that word. If you did not, okay, if you did not hear that word, uh, I want to encourage you to get online at churchpluggedin.com and listen to that. If you don't have uh, the capability of getting online and listening to that, be sure and sign up for that CD out there from last week. Daryl Johnson was with us, and he did a very timely word, I believe, uh, for this body, and uh, really a message that he's bringing to the body of Christ. Uh, and he's, it was just really, really good. And he was talking about the, the tabernacle and the different pieces there, and talking really about being holy before God. And so this morning, I want to kind of launch off of what he did, and I want to talk to you this morning about holiness. And uh, before I do, let's just pray real quick for one moment. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We just thank you again for your presence. We just thank you that you are here, and I thank you for your message coming forth this morning. The things that you've shown me this week, I thank you, Lord, that we would be able to uh, just just be able to open that up and to be able to receive from that in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you that all distractions are gone. We thank you and we just praise you in your name. Amen. 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 The church, I believe, uh, there's many in the church, and when I say the church, I'm talking about the, you know, the body of Christ. That's We've kind of lost the pursuit of holiness, whereas... You know, in the, the late 80s, early 90s, through that time, and mid-90s there, there was a really strong message that was going on in a, in a lot of places about holiness. And then you kind of saw a different message come in, which I believe a lot of the messages that were being taught and everything, you know, after, after we kind of moved from the holiness and we talked a lot about grace, there's a lot of good things with grace, but the thing is, is you can't forget holiness, you just cannot forget to pursue holiness uh, because the Bible is clear that we are to be holy. And holiness has really, because of the way this, this shift in, in the preaching in, in the body, it's kind of turned into like this, this old idea that's impossible, that it just can't be done, that we cannot be holy. And we're always going to have a little bit of sin in our life. And that's just, hey, that's the way it is. And, that's, and then we can just, you know, it's accepted as the norm just as long as we pray to God and we say, sorry, everything's okay. And, you know, just every now and then it's going to happen and we just kind of accept it sometimes. How many has been in that trap just a little bit? I mean, maybe, you know, just like, you know, I, I've, I've been in that trap before. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, God doesn't understand. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. He's not in the... In this whole thing of where you know he he just kind of winks at sin and says, "Oh, that's okay, no problem." Now, don't get me don't get it twisted. God forgives us of our sin, and He knows, and uh, He knows that we are quote human or whatever. But because we see this in the Word, this command statement, "Be ye holy," and we see this in the in the Old Testament, and it's not just this old archaic idea. It's not just in the Old; it's in the New Testament as well, and it's running throughout in the New Testament. And he says, be ye holy. I don't think, and here's the thing, I don't think that God would have put a command in the Bible that we couldn't do. I, I, I just, just, 
call me silly, but I just kind of think that if God said for us to do it, that he would give us the ability to do that. How many agree with that? You say, you know, if God said for us in the word of God to do something, that he would give us the ability to do that. And I think a lot of times because we get in scripture and we see things and we have a preconceived idea because of maybe what we were taught growing up or what we, you know, taught about holiness. We have this idea of what holiness is and maybe it's a little off. And so that has caused us to believe that, oh, this is impossible. We can't do it because, you know, maybe we've got the wrong idea about holiness and what holiness is and how it begins and where it ends. And so I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. But first, I want to say and back this up what I was saying about God saying uh, for us to be holy. And he began in Leviticus 20, verse 26. It says, thus you are to be holy to me. For I, the Lord, am holy and have set you apart from the peoples to be mine. And I want you to pay attention to this verse, this part where it says, and have set you apart. And that, that, is, that is a part of this verse. I just want you just to, to soak that in for a moment. Grab a hold of that part, set apart, and just grab it and, and like, wow, that, that's, a, that's a big part of holiness. And it's a part of holiness that many times we don't think about that part. Because a lot of times we're thinking about holiness in the sense of, oh, I got to be good. Let's look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. It says, therefore, and we're beginning there. It says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. I love that. Prepare your minds for action. How many's ready for action? Oh, yeah. Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the formerless, which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves for also in all your behavior. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, looking back at verse 15, if we can just put that back for a moment. It says, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your what? Behavior. Now, see, I want you to pay attention to this word as well, behavior. And this is where, you know, when we, when we look at behavior, this is where we get a little messed up because we forget about the set apart part. And we focus a lot on the behavior and we forget about being set apart. And, and some of you is like, okay, what are you talking about? We're going to bring this all home in just a few moments. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, this is the first place that the word holy is used. It says, then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Now, who was he talking to? He was talking to Moses, right? Most of us, we know that. There was a burning bush, which just blows my mind. I wish we could go into that, how I feel about that. It just blows me away. There's this bush, and it's on fire, and there's this voice coming out of this burning bush talking to Moses. But what he said was, don't come any closer. Look here. This is holy ground. Take your you know, sandals off. There's some other verses that says, stop right there. You know, so take your, take your shoes off. This is holy. Holy ground. Now this word holy, this is Kodesh in the Hebrew. And it means apartness, sacredness, separateness. Okay? Now we're going to talk about uh, the, the other Hebrew word that many of us, we, we sing and we do that and we'll do that next week. And you say, well, what about that? Well, don't worry, we'll get there. But this morning, I want to say apartness, sacredness, separateness. 
Kodesh, this word holy. And the reason why this thing of uh, this idea of separateness is so important is because holiness is not just good behavior. Okay? Now it is good behavior, don't get me wrong. I mean, it is good behavior, but and we you know, obeying those commands and the you know, being good, don't not killing anybody and stealing or anything like those kind of things. Being holy is doing the Ten Commandments. It is doing the things, you know, uh, that, that it says in the Scripture to do. The commands that He has given us in the Scripture. Holy is that. But it's not just good behavior. And if we lock in and we say, it is, it's just good behavior and that it's about following this list of do's and don'ts. And you've probably heard me say this before. That being a Christian is not all about just following a list of do's and don'ts. Okay, if we get into that, We'll get all messed up. We start with, I am separate. Something that's holy is separate. It is apart from. And when you get a hold of what that means and being separate, the behavior will follow. Because see, God has called you to be holy. Let me say it a different way. God has called you to be separate. He has called you to be apart. He's called you to be holy. In other words, it's who you are, it's not what you do. Are you hearing me, church? And see, sometimes we just get all wrapped up in, oh, it's all, you know, it's, okay, I got to not do this and not curse on Mondays through Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, all those days. And I gotta not steal from the boss at work. And I gotta not, you know, we've got this list of do's and don'ts and things. And that is our focus when it comes to holiness and being holy. And I wanna propose to you this morning and say not to focus on that, on the good behavior. Because many of us were growing up, we were taught that holiness is something you achieve by, you know, not dancing centrally or getting drunk and having sex outside of marriage, doing uh, drugs, watching R-rated movies or whatever it may be. You know, a lot of us were taught that, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't do it. And you got to be holy, you know, and we were taught that thing. You know, I want to say that not to focus on all of that, but to focus on who you are. And I got this phrase, it's, and we can put it up on screen. It's because the do comes after the who. The do comes after the who. What do I mean by that? The do comes after who you become. Who are you? Are you set apart? And are you separate? Okay, are you in love with Christ? Are you a Christ follower or are you not? And see, that's why he, this word holy, separate. It means apartness. And when we focus on that, and we look at that, we'll get it. Now, even the dictionary understands that holiness is the positive pursuit of someone rather than just abstaining from certain behaviors. Did you catch that? The positive pursuit of someone rather than just abstaining from certain behaviors. And when you're in pursuit of God, the behavior will change. Are you hearing me? The dictionary definition for holy is number one, exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. Notice the first part, 
exalted or worthy of complete devotion. The complete devotion came first. Completely devoted to Him, then the perfect and goodness and righteousness came after. Number two, having a divine quality. So in other words, holiness is something of God. Because God is holy. He is, he is unblemished. He is holy. So holiness is something of God. For example, He is worthy of complete devotion. He is divine. Not something we gain by the way we live. It's about who we are. Are we going to be of Him or are we not? And if we decide to be of Him, complete devotion, separate and apart then our behavior will follow because the do comes after the who. Amen? Amen? Holiness, and just, just, to, just to further emphasize this point, holiness is new affections. We need to understand holiness not as a new behavior activity or disciplines. Holiness is affections, new desires, and new motives that then will lead to new behavior. We've got to see our sin is completely forgiven, because if we don't, our affections, desires, motives will be wrong. I'll be stuck in this spiritual purgatory trying to prove myself all the time. God doesn't want you proving yourself. He wants you to already be. He wants you to already be a child of God. He doesn't want you trying to prove yourself. My son doesn't ever have to prove to me that he's my son, because he just is. And I'm God's son, and I never have to prove it. And so church, don't ever try to prove to God that you're a child of God. You just are. You just are. You are holy. Do you see what I'm saying? And the do comes after the who. Just start being, and don't worry about the behavior. The behavior will follow because you begin, you are in pursuit of God. And you begin to get just so in love with God that you can't help but change how you've been living. That is the focus. That is the focus. Our focus becomes the consequence of sin. When we're, when we're just, when we're so in this idea of working on our behaviors, our focus is the consequence of sin because we know that, 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 that sin will, will cause us not to be blessed or sin will cause us you know, to, to miss heaven. And, all, and those things are true. But when we're working on just our behavior and we're not working on our relationship with God, our focus becomes that consequence of sin rather than hating the sin and desiring God in its place. I want to desire God more than I want to desire those things. And if I just work on just desiring God, and I don't have to worry about those behaviors and those things, those things, those things will take care of itself. Church, if you're in unforgiveness, you don't have a problem with that other person. You've got a problem with your relationship with God. If you are in some kind of deep sin, you don't, you know, your problem is not the temptation that you are receiving or your, or your you know, where you are. And it's, it, it, your problem is your relationship with God. You've got to come back and be the child. Are you hearing me, church? You don't have another person problem. You've got a God problem. You've got to get back in line and apart and separate to God. So if you're having a problem with anger, if you're having a problem with wrath, bitterness, unforgiveness, all those things, your problem's not with other people. Your problem's with God. That's it. That's it. 
And when we can focus on that, that's why when we do that, that's, and that's why he said you just focus on love with Him. Then the fruit of the Spirit, it's easy. It's easy. Because we're already there. We're already apart. We're already separate. And this is why, when, just like Daryl was saying last week, and we move from that outer court, we're moving to the inner court. What is that? What is that process? It is the pursuit of a holy God. It is the pursuit of the relationship with Him. It's not the pursuit of just this list of do's and don'ts in this behavior thing. I want to put a statement up on the screen. It's by Tyler Braun. He's a worship pastor. He wrote a great book on holiness. And he says this, Holiness is not found in strict rule keeping alone. It is found in our desire of the Holy One. What a powerful statement. And so just to bring all that home, holiness is new affections, not new behaviors. It's new affections, not new behaviors. I'll say this. We've got a few more minutes, but I'll say this. When... I got married. My behavior changed. Now before I was married, I acted a certain way. I carried myself a certain way. I played a whole lot more basketball before I got married than afterwards. I played a whole lot more football before I got married than after I got married. What I did before I got married, I I mean, I was hanging with the guys... I was real buddy-buddy with them, and we were spending hours together. You know, with the guys hanging out, shooting hoop. I had a nice J at the time. You know, it was great. I did all those things. But something happened. I fell in love with somebody else. And instead of the basketball and the football and all those things... When I fell in love with her, all I wanted to do was spend time with her. All I wanted to do was be with her. My pursuit now was not after those things. My pursuit was her. Are you catching this, church? Are you seeing it? And see, after we're married, look, it wasn't six, seven months. I already put an extra inch or two on from all that good cooking and no more basketball playing. My pants were getting tight. It's just what happened. Because I wasn't acting the way I was before. My behavior had changed. Now, in this case, it's not that my behavior before this was wrong or anything, but it just it automatically changed because why? There was a different type of relationship that was taking place. And when you get to have a different type of relationship that takes place with God, your behavior just changes. I didn't, it was not something for, that was hard for me to lay down. You know, playing basketball all those hours and stuff. You know, I still did a little bit, but you know, it wasn't hard for me to walk away from that. It wasn't something that I just missed. I really didn't miss it. I had something better. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Yes, and when you got the better, why would you settle for less? Amen. And when you got God Almighty and you got the relationship there, why would you settle for something that the enemy's got you doing. Why would you settle for that sin? You wouldn't. You wouldn't settle for that sin because you're married to Him. Amen? Amen. Holiness is new affections, not new behaviors. Holiness has a cost. Holiness has a cost. Getting married has a cost. I had to lay down the life I had before and pick up a different life. 
And see, we see this and we see the, you know, the, the principle of, of marriage in this country when uh, you know, a man doesn't lay down the life he had before and pick up a different life when he's married. That marriage don't last. He's got to change. He can't do the things he did before. And I'm talking from the man's perspective. It works the same way from the woman's perspective. You, you can't do the same things you did before. Some things just have to change. It's the way it is. Holiness has a cost. Our faith is more than us leaving our normal life to attend church, make sure we're good with God and forgiven our sins. It's just it's more than that. It's more than just coming to church, making sure that we're okay, and then we go back to the normal grind. It's more than that. It's more than that. The complete Christian message, and listen to this, the complete Christian message is not just believing that we're sinners and God through His great love saved us. That's it. You know, it's not that that's not the complete Christian message. If we buy into this incomplete definition of Christianity, it becomes something that we just accept or believe. And it doesn't cost anything to just believe that. Even the devils believe. It doesn't cost anything to just believe. Following Jesus, church, costs everything. You know, when I it, it when I when I got married to her, it cost me a lot of other things. I gladly gave it up. I didn't mind. Because church, I'll tell you, it's better. It was just better. And when you really, truly are in love with God, it's just better. So if it's just so hard to live different, get the, the problem is not, you know, all holiness, I can't do it. It's just that you've got to get in love with the Lord. Luke 9.23, this is why he said this. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, this is Jesus speaking, he says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. That's why he said that. And then again in Luke 14, 27 through 28, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I thought, man, that's, that's, that's heavy. We got a cross, what is that? You're crucifying that old life and the way you used to be and take it, you know, uh, you know, putting that down and becoming a new man in Christ. For which one of you, in verse 28, it says, for which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? See, many times we have people in churches all across America and a little wishy-washy gospel is being preached and a little prayer is being done. Oh, I'm good. Let's just come on Sundays. And they didn't really even know what the cost was. It's just true. It's true. And they end up fizzling out because they're trying to do it on their own strength and they don't really understand what it really means to be a real Christian, to be a true Christian. It's following Christ all the way 100%, sold out to Him. Behavior will follow. What, why do we need holiness? I'll say a couple of things here. Number one, because holiness is the first and greatest commandment. Now, not in a literal sense. I realize that. In the literal sense... The first and greatest commandment is what? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But see, church, the thing is, is when you're doing that, when you're loving it, what are you being? You're being holy. You're being holy. When you do that, it's all about the relationship. The do comes after the who. The do comes after the who. It's who you become. Number two. And the thing is about that, you know, when we love God with everything, we'll be devoted to Him. That's the thing. When we love God with all our heart, someone, when we do that, we'll be devoted to Him. We'll be able to change the way we live because we want to please Him. That's it. I changed the way I wanted to live because I wanted to please her, period. I love her as the Christ loves the church. It's like the Word says. 
I'm doing the Word when I do that. Two, holiness is a weapon that our spirit uses against temptation. Holiness is a weapon that our spirit uses against temptation. See, when we're tempted, all we have to do is go, no, that's not who I am. See, that's not who I am. Because, see, holy is set apart and different. Wait a minute, no, I'm different. I'm over here now. I'm not over there. So when that temptation comes, say, no, I'm standing over here. I can't do that. So holiness is a weapon against temptation. And there's a war going on all the time between our spirit and our flesh. Now, we're born with a sin nature, but then we become a new creature, and, and, and we're born you know, again. We don't, have to, you know, we don't have that sin nature any longer, but we have to deal with our what? Our flesh. Right? We have to deal with that. Our flesh can still get tempted. And that's why in John 3, 7, Jesus said, you've got to be born again. You've got to get rid of that sin nature, be born again. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You're different now. You are new. You are over here. You're set apart. And then Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. He gave himself up for me. So we give ourselves up for him. Just like I gave myself up for Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann gave herself up for me. We left the old life and we got a new life together. We leave the old life, we get a new life with God, together with God. To lay down every sin, and I want to end on this, to lay down every sin, we must look to Jesus. In Hebrews 12, 1-2, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto who? Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So how do we lay down every weight in the sin that besets us and that holds us down, how do we do that? We look to who? To Jesus. We look to Him. It's relationship again. We're coming back to Him. We're talking with Him. We're communing with Him. We're praying with Him. The do comes after the who. Can we all stand? Church, accepting sin as a way of life. Accepting sin as a way of life is not the true Christian life. Accepting sin as a way of life is not the true Christian life. God doesn't wink at sin. I'm not accepting sin. He said to be holy, separate and apart. That means I can do it. That means I can. It's not too hard. I don't have to live with sin. Is that good news to you? I mean, that's good news to me. I don't have to live with sin. I can be set apart. All I have to do is look to Him. I've got to focus on Him. Next week we'll, we'll talk more on, on being holy, cleansing from sin being a process and not a prayer, talking about that and what that means. And we'll talk about what it means to be the temple of the Holy Ghost as well and talk about that correlation with Solomon's temple a little bit. So don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. How many here can say, you know, you know, I heard that message last week from Daryl, and all this week I've been trying and trying, and it's been a tough deal. How many can say it's been a tough deal? How many thinks that this might liberate you just a little bit 
because it's a little bit of a greater understanding and the focus goes a little different. Now, see, when you really get in the focus, gets you know, it's a little different because my focus is on my relationship. And so what will happen is, is what, do you, what do you do when you're wanting to, to, to make a relationship better you know, and stronger? You spend time with them. I mean, that's it. You know, when I want my relationship to be stronger with my wife, I spend time with her. And so now to do this thing, and see, you know, that's part of the cost. See, that's the cost. You've got to spend time with them. That's it. And the more that you spend time with them, the more you'll be like him, and the more you'll just, those things that you did before, you just won't want to do them in the way that you did. How many this morning want to look to Jesus? Let's put our hands in the air. Let's just look to him now. Father, right now, Lord, we just thank you for your word. First of all, Father, I thank you for the word that we had last week. I thank you for Daryl coming and bringing that timely word. I thank you for just blessing him right now, wherever he's at. And Father, I just thank you for this word that you've given us this morning. And Lord, that, that our affections would be increased towards you. I thank you that our behaviors, that, that we, we don't have to be focused on that. We need to just focus on our affection towards you, our love towards you. And Lord, I thank you for an increase of time spent with you even now and this week, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for doing a work in each and every one that has their hand up in the air. And Lord, right now, where, where that sin is so easily beset us, Lord, I thank you that you would just you'd forgive us, Lord. Just say that to the Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for those things where I've messed up this week, those things that the Lord's bringing to your mind right now. Just bring it to God. Ask Him to forgive you of that right now. Father, right now, I thank you for forgiving me for those things that you're bringing to my mind right now. Lord, I thank you for forgiveness, your forgiveness. And Lord, now we turn from those things right now. And we say we're not doing them any longer. We're coming into who we are. Who we are, which is a child of God. And saying that we are holy. Lord, I thank you that we can do it. That, well, Lord, I just come against that lie of the enemy that would come to plague the church that says that we have to live with sin. I break it right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for freedom and liberty in you. And Lord, that we don't have to be condemned, that we can look to you and come back into that right relationship with you and focus on the love that you have for us and the love that we have for you. Father, I thank you and I praise you for that finished work being done. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And Father God, I think if we look to you in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you believe that this morning, can you give the Lord a hand? Mm.